Finances can be complicated, but they don't have to be. I break down financial topics that may seem complex and overwhelming so you can start taking action on your financial goals. I'm Ari Talby, and it all starts here on Personal Finance Redefined. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today's episode is about how to save for a big purchase. So one of the questions I'm asked most is how best is it? How best do I save up for a big purchase? Whether it's a wedding, a big trip, a first-time home purchase, they should all be treated differently, and they should be treated differently than the way other people invest, the way your neighbor invests, the way that they're going to save for that big purchase, because you may be in an entirely different place, likely are, than another individual with the same goal. So whether it's investing to ensure you have enough to buy your dream home, known as investing for capital appreciation, hoping your money appreciates, rises enough to reach the number to buy the home or take the trip, or investing slash saving to ensure you'll be in the right place to take that trip, to go back to school, whatever it is. And that's capital preservation, how best to preserve the money you worked so hard for so it's ready for that big purchase, which may not necessarily mean sitting in cash because there's something known as purchasing power. And purchasing power is just another way of saying inflation. As the prices and services, as the cost for that rises over time, cash devalues. It becomes worth less. So that same $100 today, what it buys you, well, it's not necessarily going to be able to buy $100 worth of the same exact goods in the future. So how do we best preserve our money? We all want our money to appreciate, but with how much risk? What if the home you want to buy next year is available? And what it's what you've been saving up for? Well, maybe it makes most sense not to invest, or maybe to invest more conservatively, or maybe somewhere in the middle, so that should the market take a big downturn, it doesn't mean that you can't move into that home. Or maybe you're five years away from buying a home, so if the market does make a turn for the worst, and you're invested to have your money grow, just as I am, it's okay if your dream home, sticking with that same example, increases in value as your portfolio decreases, because you have a time horizon that allows for it. In fact, that's probably the best time to invest more, so that you can be getting invested at a lower price, at a discount of a price to where if you invest at a separate time, also known as at a premium. When you hear about all these stocks such as Facebook and Amazon and Netflix and Google, all great companies, and these are known as growth companies. These are companies that have tended to perform very well in the growth sector. You might not see as many dividends come through, and what is a dividend? Well, a dividend is just a company thanking you by giving you money. That's how I see it. A a dividend is saying, thank you for investing in the company. For doing so, we're going to give you a dividend. Well, let's say you're trying to grow as much as possible, and a company is giving dividends to tons of people, tons of investors. Well, that's money that could be put to work to help the company grow, to innovate, to increase its value, increase its market cap. Well, likely, these growth companies aren't going to be offering a good dividend, and that's okay because you're not investing to get a dividend. Now, value companies, companies that you're trying to get in at a lower price in compared to what's known as its intrinsic value, what the company's truly worth, 
Well, value companies haven't performed as well in recent times. That doesn't mean it's going to perform better. It doesn't mean it's going to perform worse. It just means historically growth companies in the past 10 years have outperformed these value companies. So bringing it all back, if you're hoping to buy a home in a year or two or take a big trip and you currently have the funds to do so, I tell clients the risk of having a down payment or not getting to go on the trip likely is not worth the potential ups and downs or what's known as the volatility of the stock market. I like to say low risk is not the same as no risk. (laughs) So even if you're invested conservatively, a downturn in the market can affect everyone's portfolio differently and having your money invested exposes you to that risk. That's the reality. But just as in life, there's a balance and a line to toe because just as much as having cash on hand is important, having too much cash or holding it for too long can negatively impact your goals. This is known as inflation. Inflation, that's that purchasing power I was discussing earlier. That's the prices of goods and services increasing. And your cash is just sitting there while it's losing you money, especially over time. If you don't think you'll be making that trip or buying that home for at least three years, it may make a ton of sense to invest differently than your investments allocated for retirement, which is designed for growth, but likely invested conservatively so that, yes, you're still beating inflation each year and you're ensuring your money is still growing. The purchasing power of that money will still be extremely strong because it's not going to be subject to being lower than inflation, which is generally around 26 to 3%. So your money's still working for you, even when you know you have a short-term upcoming goal. So in short, if you need to save for something that will take less than three years, I suggest using cash. Otherwise, put savings in bonds. So it's going to be different for everyone. Personally, I like to use cash for anything I have upcoming within three years because I don't want my money subject to the fluctuations of the market when I know I might need that money. Now, a first-time home purchase, which I might not be investing, I might not I'm investing for it now, but I might not be realizing the value of that. I might might not be putting that down payment for at least five to 10 years. Well, the reality is I'm okay with the fluctuations that occur during that time because I understand the growth potential that could come out on the other side. So the length of time over which you have to save for a big purchase should help determine how you save for it. Over shorter periods, cash is king. But as purchases go further and further into the future, you have to consider other options. Well, you don't have to, but I recommend doing so. So unless you're willing to pay the inflation demon's annual toll, this means reaching for yield for growth through fixed income and possibly stocks. Well, more often than not, you'll see how it impacts your financial goals. So when it comes to saving for that wedding, that first time home purchase, going back to school, It's important to think about all these factors surrounding how best to invest or how not to invest with your money. I'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Personal Finance Redefined Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let me know if there's anything in particular you would like me to discuss by submitting a question at personalfinanceredefined.co. That's personalfinanceredefined.co. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time. Hey everyone, quick disclaimer here. 
please be smart about this, and before taking any action, consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It's for informational purposes only.